Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM, and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the occasional sports story from around the world. My name, of course, is Seth Benoff. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We've got some folks in the chat tonight here on YouTube. Appreciate you being here and hanging out. As always, guys, if you're in the chat, you can throw up your questions and your comments. We will get to those. We'll talk to you guys throughout the show. Joining me tonight, we have, as always, Jacob Terrell and Earl Nieto. And we have a special guest tonight, uh, Casey Gasson. Casey, uh, some folks may know you from the New Mexico Runners, uh, goalkeeper, and I believe you're also coaching as well now, correct? Yeah, I'm still coaching, playing. Yep, doing, doing it all. All right, very cool. We're glad to have you on. We appreciate you coming in. It's late, and you know your new dad. You've got a. You've all, I think you're also playing. Uh, J- Jacob, telling me you're also playing out in Omaha now. Is that correct? Yeah, I signed a year contract with the Omaha last season to finish the season off. That was a pretty cool experience. They treated me like a king, so it was nice. Very cool, very cool. Again, we're very happy to have you. We were talking before the the show proper started about it. So when do, when does the runners' season kick off, and how can folks uh, come out and support them this year? So we play at the Santa Ana Star Center out in uh, Bernalillo, and the season starts in December. There'll be tryouts in October, so we'll follow the New Mexico runners on Facebook, Instagram. They'll post the tryouts, dates, the costs, and all that good stuff. And uh, whoever thinks they can play, come out and try out. Um, I'm very excited. We took a last season off because obviously of COVID, but I know a lot of the guys are itching to play, so I'm very excited this season. I think we have a really good shot, so. Yeah, I know we've got some folks in the community that are that are huge uh, uh, runners fans, and uh, I've never, I haven't had the chance to get out there to a match. I'm going to get out there this season, hopefully, and and see you guys in person. And and uh, so as we get into our show this evening, I do have one burning question for for the guys here tonight. Did your team do enough on deadline day to make a difference this season? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. Like the New Mexico runners? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. Um, we had a little hiccups. I mean, I don't think we did what we needed to. I mean, we had an okay season, but I think we could have done better as a team, and including myself. I wasn't really like in the shape I should have been. But, yeah, you learn, live, you live, you learn. And I know we're all excited to play this season, so it'll probably be probably, probably the best season we'll have. Casey, do you have a Premier League team? or? Yeah, I'm a big Liverpool fan. Okay. Oh, oh, that's a dagger, man. Oh, yeah. So you didn't do much then this this deadline. No, we we oh yeah yeah we didn't yeah. I wish we would have bought some, but we really didn't spend money. Yeah. So Earl, uh, I know you're not a huge Premier League fan, but you do follow uh, Frankfurt. Did Frankfurt do anything today? Are they gonna? Did they make any big changes? Frankfurt does nothing. Yeah, Frankfurt doesn't have any money to spend, much less any skill to drop people in. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, they did not do anything, any major big splash. All right, Jacob, Spurs Spurs had some... uh some controversy this off season, potential players leaving. And I know Serge Aurier was released today or they agreed yeah. to the termination of his contract. I mean, how did the Spurs do today? Well, they, I, I think they were able to release him, terminate his contract, mutually terminate his contract, whatever you want to say, uh, because they did sign a 20 year old from Barcelona. Um, Emerson, Royal Emerson. Um, I don't know much about him. I, I kind of follow Tottenham and, 
the Premier League a little bit, and then once you get outside of that, it's there's just too much soccer. There's just too much soccer in the world to to really keep up with every single name out there. So uh, uh, I hear good things about him. I I love Serge, but but uh, he scared the crap out of me uh, every time the opposing team had the ball in the box because you just assumed he was going to roll in and take somebody out and have a penalty. So um, I'm excited there. But the, the biggest news with Tottenham is that they didn't get rid of Harry Kane. And, and Harry Kane seems to have bought back in and, um, and wants to be there at least for, for this year or at least has accepted the fact that he's going to be there and is wanting to help the team. So, um, you know, 3-0 so far. Uh, top of the table. And it, it probably isn't going to get better from here by any means. But, but, um, but I, I think we're going to at least compete for the top four. Uh, I don't think a better chance than Arsenal, though. Oh yeah, that's well. That, <laughs> that uh, Arsenal's going to have a tough time staying up. Uh, David Carl, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, brother, but um, uh, they it is a tough time to be an Arsenal fan. But but uh, if, I know of several Tottenham fans that have taken pictures of the table right now and uh, probably will have it framed and and, and hung up on their wall because. Uh, it is a beautiful sight seeing Tottenham on the top and Arsenal way down on the bottom. So I'm happy. What about you, Seth? Hey, do you guys do anything? You guys, you guys do anything? Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. So much, not so much today. We did sign Solomon Rondon to a, a contract today, so you know he's coming in on a pretty pretty cheap wage bill. Pretty cheap. Uh, I think he might have come in on a free. So you know he's going to be a good uh, player to slot in there. He's played for Rafa before, uh, so I think I think he's going to be a good you know a good guy to stick up top. Uh, you know, help support DCL a bit. And most of our most of our transfer stuff came earlier in the preseason, and so you know we signed uh, we signed uh, Begovic in in goal. You know he's probably not going to see a whole lot of time, so not a big a deal, not a big uh, not a big signing there, but. You know, we we did bring in a couple of guys. Damari Gray has been fantastic so far through the first uh, few matches of the season. So excited to see what he can do. Uh, I'm glad we got rid of Moise Keane finally. I, I hate I, I hate the fact it's a two year loan deal, but you know, uh, he just he didn't do anything for us, and so I'm glad to get that get that wage bill off the off there. And then uh, I thought James Rodriguez was going to go out, and then I guess a deal fell through with Porto at the last minute. Uh, from sending him to prevent him from going there and us getting Luis Diaz back in return. So, you know, pretty quiet day for us, but uh, I think we made some moves earlier in the preseason and earlier in the transfer window that I think are going to pay off for us this year. So, I mean, today was pretty quiet all around. I think, Uh, you know, he had some major moves, but it's, it's always going to feel quiet today when you had Messi move, Ronaldo move, the King drama, all that stuff was settled a week ago or so. Uh, so today was always kind of going to just come and go, I think, but, but it, it was a crazy deadline. Um, or at least a crazy window for sure. There's a dog, there's a dog and it's not Milo. What the hell? Hmm. <laughs> you see Milo, Milo follows my schedule and it's way past his bedtime. So he's already That's fair. asleep. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. So I appreciate the question, but, 
Casey's not here to talk Premier League or anything like that. Casey's here to talk to Mexico United, and I really want to get his opinion on some things. Yes. So let's let's get into this. Yeah, we've got a lot to get into here. Uh, New Mexico United did, of course, fall to Phoenix Rising FC by a final of 3-2 on Saturday night from Wild Horse Pass. First time New Mexico United and Phoenix have played since last season when New Mexico United lost 5-2. And we went into- Hey, we're, we're improving. Yeah. <laughs> we went into this knowing that there were going to be some goals scored. You know, that was our impression of what was going to happen. We Because that's just the way the series has been. These teams just play each other hard. They they put a lot of shots on goal. They they score a lot, and most of them have come down, you know, come down to the wire. Now, looking at Saturday night, there were some good things, there were some bad things. And, you know, I, I want to start with Casey. You know, Casey, you know, obviously you you do play professionally. You you see a lot of different tactics and things, you know, throughout your career. What's something that you see New Mexico United doing, and in particular on Saturday night, that you feel like they were doing really well against a a strong Phoenix side? I mean, I feel like they were pressing the team like they should be. And people have been – like, the biggest thing, my thing, is they've been asking Coach for wins, and that's what he's been going for. He, like, yeah, we score, and he wants to park the bus. People say he should park the bus, but I don't think he should do that. What he's doing is the right thing. And the reason I say that is because he's trying to win games. He's not trying to tie. He's tired of tying. You can tell that. So he's trying to press. And sometimes you got to gamble. Sometimes it's a 50-50. And maybe, what if we would have scored that third goal? Oh, he's the best coach. You know, you know what I mean? It could have gone either way. But I think his system very well. And I understand what he's trying to do. But it's just he's just not finishing it. It's happening. Yeah, and that's been one of the common complaints that we've seen this season is that the team just isn't finishing. There's not that final touch there in the attacking third. We're we're not we're not being a hundred percent consistent throughout the match defensively. And one of the things that I noticed, particularly in the lead up to Phoenix's first goal, they you know they scored off that counterattack from the set piece. What I noticed was two slide tackles by Andrew Tenari and David Najin that both just missed. Like they weren't even close. Now, for me in that situation, I think that's, I think it wasn't necessarily the right choice in that in that situation, and it allowed Phoenix to go on the break and have numbers going forward, and they were able to to spread and keep our guys who have been playing pretty compact from having an opportunity to react to those runs. And so, Casey, from your perspective, is that a and that run of play right there, would it have been a smarter move for one of those guys, you know, JPG or or David or Tanari to to commit a tactical foul in that area to stop that counterattack? Yeah, you know, do a technical foul, like you said, and get, you know, you're going to get a yellow, but you saved it from getting a goal. Or not just committing right away, just kind of pretending to commit them to the touch and then either foul him and not get a yellow and do a smart foul that way or just, you know what I mean? But you're right. They should have not both slid. Like, but you're in the heat of the moment. At the moment, you're just, I just need to get that ball, and you're not really – like, I understand where they're coming from, but in our point of view, it's like they should have not done that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's something that we saw throughout the night as term, in terms of Phoenix's play, especially in the second half. They were – they showed a lot more pace, and they were handling our, our, our width on the defensive side a lot better. And Earl, this question is for you. Um, you know, when you look at the play of certain guys like JPG or or Alex Tambakis, 
you know, there, there, some of the complaints <laughs> that we've seen this year, Holy are that, fuck, he set this one up. <laughs> are that they're out of position or they're not making smart decisions. And, and in our text after the match, you were saying that, um, Tabak at one point, there was no reason at all for him to have come off of his line as far as he did. Um, uh, I don't know. And that <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yell him, Casey. Yell him. Yes. I All think right. he's a very good goalkeeper. Like, yes, yes. He, he's not what we had last year, but you got to think he's a brand new guy to a brand new team, to a brand new system. It's going to take him. Like Menzel, when he first started, everybody was on him. Like, oh, he's not that good. And then he started watching him a little bit, and then he became a lot, and then he became with this. and. Then, and then he grew, you know what I mean? But and then as a goalkeeper you come to a new team, new system, new players, like it's it's totally hard. Like when I went to Omaha, I had to adjust to the way they play because they play totally different than the runners play, you know what I mean? So it's 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 hard to adapt. And I don't know, you can't really criticize as a goalie, man. Hey, or you can if your name is Earl. <laughs> Cause he has all season. <laughs> and, and we try to tell him. We tell him over and over again that that uh, you know you have to come off your line sometimes to make plays and uh, and uh, so so that I'm happy with with Casey. Just uh, think about it. If he doesn't come off his line, that goal to the forward looks massive. If he comes out bigger, he at least gives him at least a fifty fifty chance that he's gonna miss it, or that he messes up and shanks it. Like he has to do it. It's part of his job. Like come on. Man. <laughs> I can't believe you're criticizing him. <laughs> I can't believe it. So, uh, uh, this is why you're on, Casey. This is this was was reason number one. After well, well, so we mentioned it the other day, and then and then there was literally a play where I, I think it was Santi. I'm not 100 yeah, percent sure. Yeah, Santi, yeah, yeah, Santi is basically the last man trying to run onto a ball. And Tambakis comes way off of his line, like way, way off, and boots the ball into the stands. And Earl goes, why do you do that? He came all the way off his line just to boot it into the stands. And we were like, he had to. That was that was the smart play. So maybe he'll listen to you because he doesn't listen to us. So when he does that, it's so his defenders can get back and get set. He doesn't just to boot it to boot it. He's trying to get his defenders to get back and stop the counterattack. So here's why I was so pushed back on that one. Because it wasn't 1v1. Yes, it was. We, no, we had a man chasing right okay. next to Santi the entire freaking right. time. And then right here comes next to him, though. Yes. And then here comes right next to him. All that Santi has to do is beat one guy, and then so he's on. Here comes Alex can't block shit out of the freaking nowhere. And he's still on it. Oh, my gosh. Earl is doubling down. Doubling down. I love it, Earl. I love it. Get the Stephen A. Earl name up on <laughs> Facebook because that's what he's doing right now, and Dude. it is fantastic. Yeah, the guy's running behind him, but he's coming out so the defenders don't have to foul him and get a red card because if at that point is one on one, the defenders like, I'm going to either take him out, and he's, he knows he's going to get a red card, so the goalie had to come out to save him from getting a red card, and then they can set up again because at that point you get a little. You know how forwards are. They like to dive like Neymar. You give him a little touch. He's going to roll as many times as he can. Especially Santi. Especially Santi. The last man, the ref's not going to think twice. He's going to give him a red card. So that's why he came out with to bail out his defender. This is a professional goalie right here, Earl. You need to at least listen to him, please. <laughs> that's, what his mind, that's what his mindset was. Like, I get what you're saying. 
but you got to think of it as a as an actual. You're going. The guys are gonna touch him. Like you've seen forwards dive all the time. What's gonna happen is the last man is the defender. You're gonna get a red card automatically, right? Because that's what we would be yelling, right? Exactly. So so he was bailing out his defender, so he keeps him in the game. <laughs> Anything else, Earl? <laughs> no. No. You know what? Oh. I'm good. Can, I'm can, good. We bring, can we bring Casey in on the group chat so that during the matches when you text us bitching about a play, Casey could be like, what are you talking about, Earl? No. That was the right play. <laughs> the right play to make. Absolutely. We can definitely add Casey to the group All right, group you can group. talk now, Earl. What were you going to say? I got nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's, he's defeated. <laughs> Give up. Let, let's but, move on to, uh, to JPG. So yeah, we'll move on. Yeah, we'll move on. And we all know that Earl is not a fan of JPG. And while he has not had a stellar season, I think we can all admit to that. He's had some mental mistakes. He's made some bad. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. He's not had a stellar two and a half seasons. This season has been by far the worst, though. But carry on, carry on, carry on. Carry on. Um, so he hasn't had a good season. We've seen the mental mistakes. We've seen the errors. We saw it in the El Paso match where they came back and scored two goals in, in a minute and a half. We saw it on Saturday night where, and, and this is another this is another gripe that I that I've come from watching these, these past couple of matches is that, and I don't have very many. Is our clearing is terrible. Our clearing is terrible. Like we don't clear the ball well. We cleared like the top of the box, and. I'd say probably 60% of the time we give the, we give possession away immediately on the clearances. And, and, uh, but you know, JPG, he made him, he made another error, gave the ball away in the final third that opened up the opportunity for Kalistri and, and Phoenix to, to get that goal. And I just, I can't figure out what's going on with JPG this season. So I watched that play. A couple of times. I think Casey might agree with me. He's making a face like he's going to explode. And uh, I, the more I watch it, the more I'm like, I don't know if that was Guzman's fault there. Um, Schmidt like rocketed it to him. And he, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know for sure. Obviously I'm not in, in Juan's head, but I don't think he was trying to one touch that to somebody else. I think it just caught him off guard. Um, but either way, I'd, I'd I'm with you on the Juan Pablo Guzman situation for the most part, but Casey, talk before you explain. I don't, that. I don't think it's very good. You don't? I, no, I think it should be a sub and not a starter. Like, okay. All right. See, these are just validating my thoughts as somebody who started watching soccer like three years ago. Um, Cause I've thought the same thing since year one. We all have. Well, at least me and Earl. Seth is kind of a robot. He doesn't talk much. I've like, I've like, He's technical, but he's a little too technical in the ball. And he always loses the ball. Like if you notice, like he loses the ball all. Oh, we've noticed. Number <laughs> ten, you don't want him to losing the ball as much as he does. I think there's other players that can play that and position. To lot. me, it's his passing though. The one that sticks. Saying, like, you, sh- you don't want him to be losing the ball, like passing it to the other team. He does it quite often. He's like, oh, here you go. You want a gift? There you- the one know. that's the one that sticks out to me and will stick out to me Haji. for years to come. No, it was against Colorado Springs, but it it didn't actually lead to a goal uh, somehow. But it was basically he was trying to pass the ball back to Ryden and single-handedly started a fast break where I think it was 
think it was Nagila. And, he, and just, he just yeah. he just passed it right to him in stride, and the Carlos Springs player just took it, and Tambakasen comes out and makes a fantastic play. Uh, on comes one. Come, yeah off of his line, comes off of his line, Earl, and makes a fantastic play to stop it. So um, how, otherwise, how, otherwise, how far of his line did he, was, he come off? Probably close to the penalty spot. So okay. what is that? Twelve yards. So he was still he was still within his penalty box. Well, in, in, he was inside the eighteen. Yes, you complain when he comes a step outside of the six. <laughs> yeah, you would hate me playing goalie. I play almost to the half. Like I'll go at least out of my eighteen into the middle. So in case I have a long ball like that, it goes. I'm there to block it and come so it brings everybody back. I love this. I love every second of this. Anyways, why, like, why would you want to make your defenders run more than they're already already running? Like, that's my thought process. Like, well, like, I'll play as high as I can, and then once they start noticing that I'm coming off my arm, that I'll still be back. But that gives your defenders time to rest as well. But by the way, if if Timbakis doesn't make that stop on that particular play, everybody is losing their mind against Juan Pablo Guzman, and for whatever reason now, like nobody talks about him. Nobody complains about him. Like, I don't know if Casey, if you're in the New Mexico United Nation on Facebook or anything like that. I know, I know, I will for sure. But like, everybody complains about this and that and the other, and very rarely does Guzman's name come up. And I don't understand why. But had that play ended in a Colorado goal, people would have lost their shit against Guzman, and it's gonna get overlooked and forgotten by a lot of people because Tambak has made a great save. But that's the one that I'm just like, how do you make that pass? As a professional soccer player, how do you think, oh, this is a good idea, and pass it right to a Colorado Springs player in stride? Like, I don't know if you guys watch football, but there's a lot of talk about Jameis Winston getting LASIK and becoming a new quarterback here, a brand new guy. I'm wondering if he needs LASIK. I'm really wondering if Guzman, you know, maybe he's older, maybe the eye's starting to go. Maybe cataract, something like that. Um, you know, I, I I think we we really need to get his eyes checked there, and maybe that'll help. Maybe that'll help a lot. You know, with Guzman, the first year he was, you know, like Casey, like Casey said, he's a very technical player. He's very technically gifted, and year one he was very good defensively. And I, that's where his strength lies. If you look back at year one, he wasn't really giving the ball away as much as he as he has been this season. There's definitely been a decline in his level of play. I think we can all agree to that. Like season one was his best year with us, and and I still didn't like him. Then. <laughs> yeah, you, didn't, you guys didn't like him then. And so you know, you look at you look at the stats. And I know USL Championships website is terrible at keeping statistics, and but you know if you look at his his possession rate, his distribution, he does, he, he did, he does a lot of good things, but for whatever reason, there's like this mental block this year and he's not making the same crispness of his passes. He's not making the same reads. And I don't know what the answer is to that. And and maybe Casey can help us out here. Like how much of, how much of it. And then when you're in a, in a stretch like this, how much of that mental aspect of the game comes out on the pitch like how bad how much does it affect your play i mean it can affect a lot honestly like if you're just not all there you're overstressed or overthinking because you're not winning and you're not performing it just builds up and builds up and at that point you're not having fun you can it just shows in the field like playing soccer should be fun you know what i mean 
That's why they do it because they love it and because it's fun to them. Casey, do you watch Ted Lasso? I do. Okay. There's. Are you? Have you watched? Are you caught up? Uh, yeah. So, so you've seen the episode where where Roy Kent takes Isaac to the to the playground and and says uh, soccer soccer's supposed to be fun. And, oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw that one. Yeah, and that that's what the team needs right now. They need to go play with some kids, get their asses kicked by some kids because they're too stressed, and realize, oh, we just need to loosen up and have some fun. That's what the team needs because they, especially when it gets later in games, they. I think that's why you're seeing a lack of finishing because they're just so tight. They they just have so much pressure on them. And 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 Casey, I I've had this thought almost since year one uh, there was a stretch during year one where we couldn't seem to hold a lead at home and I and i i know that playing in front of back then you know it was 15 12 000 fans um this year it's been a little less obviously because of the pandemic and stuff but you know there's still eight nine ten thousand uh, what did they they capped it recently didn't they seth 9500 okay um i i have thought that they have had a problem harnessing that. And at times I felt like it's actually hurt them because they get tight at the end of matches, trying to protect a lead or get a lead and win, and win one for, you know, these 9,000 fans. Um, as somebody, I, I'm, I know that the, the runners haven't played in front of 12,000, but like, does the fan energy ever get so, to where it's a negative? It can be and it can't be. Like it just depends how players take it, but it just seems like they're more stressed in general because they know they should be doing better, but they're mm. not. Like they're not. They're not doing bad. Like I don't think they're doing awful, but I think they think they can do better, and they're just putting that extra stress yeah. on. Because I played at the Kansas City Comets in like two years ago, and I played in front of 18,000 18, fans, and. It just it lit me up. I was that's probably one of the best games yeah. I've ever had in my life. So that I feel like the fans give me energy, but I think they have that extra stress and extra like back of the mind. We got to win. We got to win. We got you know what yeah. I mean. And I I feel like 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 you said, you, I don't think they've been playing bad uh, necessarily. It's you can look at a lot of these matches that we haven't got results and point to like a five minute stretch where we just turned off or something like that. And and actually the Phoenix match. The first half, uh, you know, Seth, I think, text, texted it to us that he thought that might have been the best half of soccer that we've played all year. Yep. And and it just comes down to scoring that second goal. And, and I, I threw some stats out last week where, you know, when we score two or more goals, we're phenomenal. We're averaging like two and a half points a match. But if we score one or fewer, it's, it's, it's pretty grim. And I, I think most teams are probably – along those same lines uh, with when they score one or more or two or more, I mean, but um, I think if, if we could just find a match where, where we score two, I know the scoreboard said two against Phoenix, but, but that second one, let's be honest, that was a complete gift um, and, and was really just a cross that had nothing on the end of it. There was nobody there. There no chance of it actually being threatening. Uh, it's just Rawls decided to punch it into his own player's nuts and then into the back of the net. So I, I think if they can just get two goals scored where it's like, okay, that was nice. There we go. Uh, you know, they can kind of find their groove. And I hope that it happens Saturday because, man, if you think United Nation is a toxic place right now, 
if we don't get a result on Saturday, it is going to be insane in that Facebook group. I will probably even have to step out because it's it's bad in there now. Honestly, the last couple of games that they've all, like, like you said, the last, like, there's like a five-minute span where they're all scared to, like, mess up, and that's when they start messing up. It's not even – they're not – they're just all like, oh, shoot, I don't want to be the guy that messes it up for us. Or you know, That's kind of what it looks like to me as watching us as a spectator. I feel like they're scared to mess up, to lose the game for the fans, and then they end up messing up, like I said, because they put that extra stress. So yeah, I think I, what it really is. I think the three El Paso matches, other than the nil-nil, but the two that we had a lead in, uh, well, we had a lead in all three, but the two that we had a really, really late lead um, – and then the one where they scored two inside of two minutes. Yeah. Uh, I think you can look at both of those, all, all four of those goals, and and almost draw a direct, direct conclusion to they were playing tense. They were playing because they really wanted that three points, and they, you know, Schmidt's foot gets in the way. Um, I think Tim Bacchus probably clears that if, if Schmidt doesn't, doesn't make the play on it. But he's trying to make the play because he's trying – to not let them score. So instinct is going to say, move your foot in front of the ball. And it just so happened that he was a second slow and kicked it into the net. I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen. So I, I'm, I'm with you there that it it does. That's what it seems like. And and it, it sounds like you're definitely not a hashtag Troy out, uh, at least, uh, not yet. But, um, I, I will say that I do think they're playing tense, but, there are things through three seasons that are very consistent in a negative way that kind of lead back to Troy. And so I, I don't want to let Troy off the hook completely. Uh, I think there are things like playing Guzman, for instance, however many thousand minutes he's played for us. Um, you know, that's, that's on Troy. So, but. But you can't forget the last two seasons where he did really well and everybody praised him. Oh, he was this and he was that. And he's having a little spell right now. That's what we call it in soccer, a little dry yeah. spell. And I just think they're hard on him. Like I think he's still doing a good job. But like I said, I think he's trying to get the results for the people because that's what they're asking for. So he has to push a little bit higher and play with – like why is he playing with three? Because he's trying to get the win for you guys. Right. Like that's what he is. He's not doing it. Because for him, you, you can just park the bus and just tie it, like whatever. But you're asking for a win, and the, probably Peter's asking for a win, so he's trying to press now and play with three. And I think signing Salid back is going to help him a lot because losing Salid, I like Salid a lot. Yeah. I like the way he plays. He's strong. He's fast. He's good in the air. He's good with his feet. So I think that's a great add to the team, honestly. And Weehan was another great add, too. Like He's already made a big impact. So putting Salid in the middle, I think center like center defense center center defender would be perfect because then at that point he knows that Salid's fast, can win balls in the air. He's been playing with the team; he knows what he likes. So I think it, that was a great great for him to come back to United. Yeah, I, I, has did we talk about that last week or was that after last week's episode? Uh, Salid, no, Salid was signed after we recorded last week. Um, okay, so for those of you that don't know, <laughs> we, we did bring Salid back from Oakland um, on a rest of the season loan. Uh, in exchange, we sent Brian Brown to Oakland for a rest of the season loan. My understanding is that both teams or both players are signed with their parent clubs through next year. So at the end of this year, Salid will go back to Oakland. Brian will come back here. 
my guess is probably Brian gets loaned out somewhere else again. Uh, it just, it did not work. Um, we heard from Troy. We heard from Peter. Uh, we saw it with our own eyes. Um, Brown just for whatever reason um, didn't mesh with with uh, from the wording that I heard that I read was the fit was wasn't what Brian Brown thought it was going to be, and it wasn't what Troy thought it was going to be. So I think there was a lack of communication when we signed him as to what was expected of him. And, and that led to, cause I, I've been, we've been told he had an injury for weeks. He was never on the injury report. Well, he wasn't never on the injury report. He just hasn't been on the injury report during this time. So, um, I thought something fishy was going on for a while and it turns out that it was. So, so that transaction bringing Salih back, I think everybody can agree that that's great. Um, I, 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 I think of Salih like a a more reined in Tenari. Like he's still going to be a bulldog for you. He's still going to go out there. He's going to win balls. He's going to going to put in some hard tackles when he needs to. But I don't feel like Salih will get stupid yellows like Tenari has in the past. Um, I think he'll be smarter about when he has a hard tackle. And uh, you know. I, I love Tenari last year. I thought he was my MVP for most of the season last year. He, I thought he brought just a huge toughness there. But this year he's just been been a little too crazy and making dumb mistakes. So Salil will definitely help that. But losing Brown, I think, really hurts as far as our scoring chances up top. We just, I, I felt like when he was in, I, I liked what I saw from him. And and um, Sandoval, I love him. Uh, and, and he has scored. Um Recently, he had that header against uh, Austin. No, no, it was uh, Oakland U eighteen team. The the guys from uh, Oregon. What are they called? Tacoma. Yeah. No. Was, against, so, was it against Tacoma? No, no I think it was. It was, it was that. It was yeah, that. He, he got one against Oakland. It was yeah, Oakland. he got the one against Oakland. Oh, you're right. You're right. right. Oh, off of off of a beautiful Najem. Uh, service so um, but I just especially with Amondo being out for for uh, World Cup qualifying and, and Illich apparently is knocked up now you know it's basically Sandoval and Weehan and then we try to patch it together with Rivas or Martinez or, or somebody so so losing, losing an attacking piece when you have very little right now kind of hurts but but overall, I'm excited to see Salih back in the back in the on the pitch for us and and in the in the 18. Hopefully, in a few days. Yeah, let's get let's get Earl back in here. We haven't had heard from Earl in a few minutes. Earl, uh, looking uh, two questions for you. First of all, looking back at Saturday, are there any positives that you can see the club taking out of that and and using those going forward? And and two. With the signing of Salid, do you think that is a JPG replacement? Do you think we see JPG getting fewer minutes now? Or do you think Troy still finds some way to keep him in there? So the positives of the match is we didn't draw. <laughs> so you didn't you didn't have to go find yourself a six tie. So that's that's a plus. We did save you about eight bucks. Um No, but in all in all reality, the positives of the match is we did score goals. Um, Sergio Rivas played really freaking good. Um, 
Dev played really good too. I'm kind of surprised to see him not come off in the somehow sometime in the second half for more speed. Um, but that's neither here nor here nor there. Um, the Salis signing and him coming back. I can only hope that it's a sign of JPG to the bench um, or less JPG. Unfortunately, like I've said before, for some reason, JPG has something on Troy that he has to start every week. And it's an ongoing blood contract that the only way JPG gets the bench is if Troy's not there. Yeah, I you know it's hard to pinpoint exactly. We we've talked about it at length tonight. We talked about it in other episodes. You know, JPG just not performing. Salee coming. I think Salee could be someone to help. You know, give him. You know, slot him in there instead of JPG. Maybe put him beside Tenari. Maybe a, maybe a Salee a zero midfield. You know, I think that could be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I think those guys are both very good on and off the ball. Uh, Azira, obviously a ton of footballing knowledge, a guy who has been around for a while and can, and can make some defensive plays. So I think we could see some different lineups there going forward. And, and hopefully on Saturday, uh, when we are back at the lab, we do see Salee get a, get at least a, a nod in the 18. And, you know, he didn't get a, he didn't get a chance to get a pop when Oakland was here a couple weeks ago. And, and I think if he's in the 18 on Saturday, I think the crowd really welcomes him back. And and Saturday night, as we know, is going to be a huge, huge match against Colorado Springs. I mean, this is basically a, a six-point match right here between us and them. And, and uh, you know, we've played them tough. We figured out Haji Berry the last time we faced them. And and uh, I, think, I think Troy basically knows how to shut these guys down from this point now. Um, looking at Saturday's night, is there anything that we need to see from the guys on the pitch or from Troy in his, in his tactics in order for us to pick up a win? A healthy Kalen Ryden would help. He, I know he came on in the second half there, but, but on that, the, the third goal, the Santi goal, um, I, I can't help but watch that and think, man, if, if Kalen is 90% fit, He's getting back and getting at least getting in front of Santi there, but he just looks—he looks like Schmidt lumbering back trying to catch up, and um, and that's that's not that's not good for our our future matches if if Kalen can't get back to 100. percent So, uh, and, and especially against Taji Berry and company, um, that's that's a huge huge thing. We need, we need Kalen. Kalen back to 100 percent because I, I think if we had a backline of a healthy Kalen and then the way Sheed and Yearwood are playing right now, you know that that's more than enough uh, to at least slow down Haji Berry. I mean, we saw, I think it was that lineup the last time we played Colorado Springs, and Haji still got one, but um, it, it was that was it, just the one, and nobody else really got going. So that backline to me is is massive for for this coming match, especially going up against such a, I think they have the, I know they have the most goals scored in the USL this year. And, and that's pretty obvious when you have the leader of the golden boot race by like six goals in Haji Berry. Earl, what do you need to see Saturday from the guys? It's hard to say. I mean, it, what we need to see is what we haven't seen or what we need to see is not what we've seen the past 
few matches other than Phoenix because we played a pretty good game with Phoenix minus a couple dry spots that we just gave it up. Um, if we can see at least 75 minutes of tenacity and just hunger to score goals, um, I see us walking out with three. All right, Casey, from your perspective, what, what, you know, same thing, same question to you. What do you, what do you think the guys need to do on Saturday? Is there a player that you see on Colorado that they need to, to key in on other? I mean, obviously Haji Berry is the big one. You know, is there anyone else that they need to kind of focus on or what do they need to do? Um, well, I'm going to go back to Pablo Guzman. I would like to see Sergio Rivas play a spot. I used to play with Sergio back with the soul, and that's the spot he used to play, and the guy sees the game totally differently. So that would, I, I think that would be a good replacement for Juan. Sit him down put Sergio Rivas there, because if you've noticed, he's very calm on the ball. He has very good through balls. He, he, doesn't does, he does stupid things here and there, but it's not like Guzman does. You know what I mean? Like He gets more of yellow cards, like talking or going in super hard. But I think he would do very well in Pablo Guzman's spot. I mean, I, I've seen him play that spot, and he does phenomenal. Uh, but but with the switchbacks, yeah, just Haji Berry, that man can't stop scoring. Yeah, Haji Berry just – he's a scoring machine right now this season. So, yeah, that's the only thing to worry about. I, I think going back to, to what Casey said a, a while back – um, I think we just need to have fun. I think they need to go out and have fun and and play loose and and I think that's that's the only way that this is gonna get turned around is if they relax and and don't tense up and put the ball in the back of the net and and just smile like you know you see you see after which goal was it? I think it was Rivas's no Moreno's the third one against Colorado Springs the first time we played him or maybe that was Austin it was one of the first games in the year at home uh, we scored three goals and the last one was was Moreno a Moreno header believe it or not um, and and the joy that we saw after that goal uh, we need more of that we need more of that for sure so so hopefully we can get two or three across the line and and loosen these guys up because I think that's that go a long way towards turning the season around. All right, guys, I think that's going to just about wrap up our discussions uh, regarding the, these two matches. Let's get our scoreline predictions for Saturday night. Earl, we'll start with you. Three nil us. Go big or go home, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm calling nil because I have zero faith. In Tumbak oh is blocking anything. Are you, are you kidding? <laughs> nope. Uh. I don't have faith in him holding a clean sheet. Um, but I'm gonna take a gamble and call it three 0 He has he has five on the year. Five. Oh, oh, this is. Uh, I can't even talk right now. More in a single season than Cody ever had. I stand by. Th- I stand by three nil. All right. If we know if we know anything about Earl, is he's a stubborn, stubborn son of a bitch. So, <laughs> so it, that shouldn't surprise me. Even though he just had a professional goalkeeper say that Timbuktu was doing good and justified a lot of the things that Earl doesn't like, he's still he's still going to be in his bubble, I guess. So no, so no, no, no. I 
am totally with Casey. And I have taken my step back on him coming out of the box. I'll let him roam the pitch as much as he wants. Um, shit, he can go get, grab a fucking coffee if he wants. It's it's cool with me. Um, but I still don't have... <laughs> I still don't have faith in him at this point getting a clean sheet, but I'm going to call for one. All right, there you have it. Earl's got Earl's got it down. It's three nil for Saturday. Jacob, let's get your prediction. Oh, uh, um, hold on. I've got to compose myself after Stephen A. Earl is just wilded over there. Uh, I'm torn. I'm torn because I also want to predict a clean sheet, but then I look at Haji Berry and think. I don't know if we can stop that attacking offense right now. Uh, the way we've been wait, 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 giving up on it. But Tim Buckets can block it, right? <laughs> this is our life, Casey. <laughs> this is our life right here. Um, he has proven that he cannot stop that particular guy. So uh, I will say 2-1 us. You know, I, I I think I have to go with Jacob here. I, I, I like the 2-1 scoreline. I think Colorado is a team that we can score on. We have scored on them this year. Wait, wait, sorry. What am I doing? We've played this team three times, and it has yeah. been 3-1 every time. I'm going 3-1. Okay. There you go. Keep with it. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I like I do like the 2-1 scoreline. Um, both, you know, we've scored, they've scored, and I think that we've – just about figured out how to shut down Haji Berry and, and uh, Michi Galina. I mean, those guys are tremendous in the attacking third. You know, they've got a ton of pace. Uh, Barry, obviously the golden boot leader right now. And so that's why I don't think we cle- we keep the clean sheet, but I, I, I have faith in Alex. I have faith that he's going to make some stops. He made some tremendous stops on Saturday night. But I think, again, I think this is a club that we've figured out to an extent. And so I'm going to go 2-1 us on Saturday night. And, and uh, we'll close out our predictions with uh, with Casey. What do you think is going to happen? I'm going to say a 4-3 game. 4-3? Wow. Oh, I love it. If it's that and we're on the winning side, I'll be I'll be happy. I mean, because Hodgeberry's on fire. That boy can score. I don't care. I mean – no, no goalie in the league has been able to stop the man. Like, and he scores more than one goal. It's it's it's, it's crazy. It is. But it really is. I think it's going to be like the first time they played here in the springs where it was back and forth, back and forth. Like it, that was a sweet game. I was I was very impressed. I was at that game. So it was it was an awesome game. I like it. Yeah, we've seen we've seen a lot of good stuff when these two teams are on the pitch, and so Saturday night's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna be back at the lab. They do have the mask mandates back for at least for us anyway. So uh, in the box, we will have our masks on. Um, But for you, you, I ain't stepping in that box this year. uh, For you, and and which is fine by me. You know, that's that's fine with me. You know, I'm doing what I can to keep myself and my family safe and those around me, you know, safe and healthy as well. So, you know, I, you know, I'm good with it. That's the club's decision. And, you know, we mentioned earlier that they decided to cut back on the attendance, you know, going to 9,500. And so, you know, I, I think the Saturday night's going to be packed out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see what happens. Um, 
before we do get out of here and close out our show, there is one question in the chat that was asked and Josh from Joshua Korea, Josh and I kind of talked about it this morning on the morning mix. Uh, as we, as we know, mayor Tim Keller is very much pro stadium, very much pro stadium bond and getting a stadium built for United. Uh, mayoral candidate Manny Gonzalez has come out and basically said that that money should go for other things. Um, we know that the bond vote will be on the ballot in November. How much of an impact do you think the mayoral race is going to have on that bond vote? Or you know, even if the bond does get approved on in November, do you do we think if there is a change in the mayor's office that the funding goes away? I'm not privy enough to politics to understand what would happen if it passes, but there is a change. I would like to think that as long as it passes, uh, whoever's in there will look at it and say, okay, the people voted, the people want it. We'll go ahead and go through with it no matter who's in there. But um, I, I don't really care as long as we get a stadium of some kind or at least a plan for one because I do not want to lose this club. And we're starting to get to a point where that could be the case if it doesn't pass or if something gets kiboshed, whether it's via the, the actual election or, or the mayor. I think they should build a stadium. It's, it creates more jobs for people in New Mexico. You know what I mean? We're the, probably one of the biggest cities in New Mexico. We should have a stadium just like every other city in the country has a big stadium. Even if it has to be that big, it can be 10,000 or even – 9,000, like, that they have it now. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be nothing massive. That way it feels packed every single game. Just like Austin. Have you seen guys, Have you seen Austin Stadium? It's not that big, but it looks like it's packed every game because it's not that big. I'm, I'm assuming we're talking about Austin FC and not Austin Bold because yeah. <laughs> I've seen Austin Bold Stadium, and it looks empty. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Austin. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're supposed to be relocating Austin Bold to somewhere else is what the rumor was. Yeah, I, I think that's going to worth. Oh, okay. Makes more sense, though. Yeah. Earl, do you think uh, there's going to be any sort of impact by this? Yeah, unfortunately. I I see Manny Gonzalez, if he wins, um, pretty much just overlooking that bond, regardless of how many votes. It could be a unanimous vote. Every person in Albuquerque could vote for it. Um, and I see Manny Gonzalez saying, no, it's not going to happen. That money should be used for funding police, but for military needs and whatnot. Can he do that, though? Yes. That's what I want to know. Yes. So what's the point of voting, then? Exactly. So <laughs> well, as mayor, he can veto or line item veto anything that's voted on. Whether it goes up for for constituent vote or whether it's council vote, whatever the case may be, Manny or whoever's the mayor can veto whatever he wants. Man, that puts people in a tough predicament if they don't like Keller for other reasons, um, but they want the stadium. That's that's going to be interesting. I, I do not envy Albuquerque people anyways because I would hate to live in Albuquerque, but uh, when it comes to this election, it's definitely going to be uh, interesting to see see what happens. I just, at the end of the day, I just want a stadium. That's all I want. I, I, especially since I don't live in Albuquerque and I don't have to deal with the other day to day things that the mayors will have to change or will, could change. 
the only thing that affects me really is the stadium. And and Seth's safety, of course. Seth's safety is is big, especially where he lives. Like that, yeah, <laughs> that scares he, me. He picked of all places in Albuquerque. There's literally 17 miles of Albuquerque, and you picked the worst fucking spot. Warzone. I will say though, yes. that apartment complex. That, <laughs> that apartment complex is nice, and it is gated, and and inside no, the fence looks that. like a completely different area but and by war zone it's like tennessee and central war zone like it's yeah that's the worst of the worst <laughs> it's not that bad it, it's you know i without getting I, i'm right by the lumberjack I, you know case i'm sure casey knows where we're talking. yeah right, you know, right by the lumberjack in albuquerque so uh i you know i lived off gibson when i first moved to albuquerque and so you know, there's a there's a decent apartment complex right over there, right by the VA, and like Seth's just a thug out here. That's what <laughs> yeah. that's what it boils down. He's he, he's a freaking uh, gangster. That's what he is. He's just he's oh, a gang okay. leader out there. He's an OG. Living living at that place, you know, I actually saw some people get into an altercation. One guy pulled a gun. You know, but I haven't seen. I mean, Grant, I've only been here a couple months now. I haven't seen anything happen. You know, uh, the worst I've seen is a kid nearly fall out of a tree. So, you know why you, you know why you haven't seen anything happen? Because he doesn't leave the house. Because there's no fucking streetlights on that road, so that's why. <laughs> oh, it's it's dark, so there's shit happening. You just can't see it. That's what exactly. no, I, I, will, I will admit happening. there are there are a lot of folks, you know, wandering the streets and you know, I, I've nearly you know, I've had people walk out and nearly get you know, walk in front of my car and things like that. And you know, I don't you know, there are places where they're just walking the streets all times a day and night, or, you know, like there, you can see people just like passed out on the side of the road. And the only, the only thing you have going for your neighborhood is there's that, there's that dude that's over there by, I can't even, it's just, just East of yours. He, he's the, the barbecue guy. Oh, Padrells. No, not Mr. Padrells. This is just like a little smoke trailer. The dude, he's uh, he works at the store. It's a little shopping center. Um, he works oh, at the okay. store, and he's on the street, and he sells drugs in the store, but sells barbecue turkey legs on the street. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy you know he sells drugs at the store. Have you bought some? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I've, I've seen it happen. Oh, okay, fair enough. He knows a guy that knows a guy. Well, I, I know the guy that sold the guy. So no. Anyways, before we get anybody arrested on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. Casey, are you, where are you from? I'm from El Paso, Texas, but I live in Albuquerque since I was 11 until okay. 18. Okay. And I moved and came back. Then moved and came back. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure because you said you knew where he was talking about, but I wasn't sure if you were from here or, yeah, or at least lived here. here. I went down at least a little bit. Uh, I live in the nice parts of town, you know, with all the nice white people. <laughs> <laughs> the heights. Hey, man, even, even the Northeast <laughs> Heights isn't safe this year. So, you know, I mean, there were there was that robbery up at Dutch Brothers uh, last week. So, well, That's because people see the lines of cars outside of Dutch Brothers and thinks that there's just thousands and thousands of dollars inside. That's all that is. Well, because there is. No, everybody uses card. Everybody uses a card. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's thousand dollars outside. My bad. My bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for our discussions this evening. Um, before we do get out of here, Casey, thank you so much for being here, being a part of the show. We appreciate you coming on, taking some time out of your your new dad life and uh, hanging out with us and talking some United. And you gave us some great insights. Appreciate you being here. Um, is it Where can people follow you, follow the runners? Again, let's, get you, let's have you plug that again before we get out of here. So yeah, you go to the New Mexico Runners on Facebook and Instagram, just New Mexico Runners. And then, um, like I said, tryouts are in October. Season starts in December. I'll be out there. There's a little, I'll probably have two more years with the runners. I think that's what I'll end up doing. And then I'll probably call it quits after that. I think if they let me. Yeah. Tell them I got five more years. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, I think we were talking about this with Andres. There's no – you're not leaving. Yes, that's pretty much what it is. I, I think – I and I – I don't want to leave either, so it's just kind of it's hard. I, I love the team. I think we're going to do very well this season. We have some pretty good talent coming in. They've already reached out. Um, if you like goals, it's, there's a lot of goals between 12 to 15 goals a game. It's it's really awesome. It's entertaining. Laser shows. You got Rio. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> Fuck that bird. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bro, you can't even score on a, on a bird, and you're Fucking playing cheater. <laughs> Fucking cheater. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it should be fun. You're going to get season tickets. Uh, you get them off New Mexico web, or New Mexico Facebook. You can get the link and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, we're excited to start. They actually grew. The, season, the league grew by, like, 10 teams, so there's four divisions now. So it's oh, wow. it's, it's expanding, and it's – Building like kind of like the USL, where there's a first tier, second tier, third tier, and then fourth tier. So it's pretty sweet. I mean, it's getting more organized, and it's, I like it. It's fun. The stadium's awesome. Good, I mean, good. The only part is that you got to drive to Bernalillo. But yeah, what I tell people, you already drive on Sundays anyways to go play your soccer games on Sundays and take your kids on Saturdays. So can't be that bad. Yeah, I think we'll definitely have to get out there and and. Uh... And check out a match. I I like Seth. Have not been out there for one. Just right. that first year, I didn't was was crazy enough. Um, you know, trying to do this paper and and everything like that. I just and then having at that time, I had I had one kid when the season started, and then my second was born in April of that year during one of the United matches. So um, I I just didn't get a chance to get out there. So. So me and Seth will definitely have to come and check it out, and and I look forward to it for sure. Yeah, it'll be exciting, and hope to see you guys out there. Well, wait, what about, what about me? What the fuck? What? Well, you've been to one, haven't you? No. Oh, I was, well, I was supposed well. to go to the Landon Donovan game, but then couldn't. Okay. So me and Earl and Seth are looking forward to coming out there. We haven't been out there yet. And uh, and we can't wait. So so we're we're excited to get out there too. Well make sure you sit next to the goal because I usually throw some gloves out. Every game. Very cool. Can can Earl take your place for like five minutes just to see what goalie is actually about? Actually, I already got the approval from Andres and I can. <laughs> Awesome. I cannot wait for this. I, I, in fact, you know what, Earl, here's, here's what I suggest. <laughs> what the fuck? We need, we need to have, a, we need to have a penalty shootout. Me and you, you take the shots. I play keeper and then you play keeper and I take the shots and see what happens. 
look, last time, last time I made a deal like this, I got fucked over. So <laughs> that was against a bird. Okay. Yeah. You so a bird. This will happen at some point, Earl. We will. We'll do this. We'll put a hundred dollars to a charity on the line, and it'll be fantastic. And it should happen at halftime of a runner's game, I think, just because that'd be fun. I think we can make that happen. And I got money on Jeff. <laughs> God. I put 100 bucks that Jeff wins. Who's Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> you mean Jacob? Jeff. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I mean, we can call Jacob Jeff if you want. Like, that's fine. Uh, it sounded better. I don't know. Sorry, Jacob. <laughs> it's okay. I get called everything. So, um,. All right, I think we're good. Uh, any final thoughts, guys? Anything? Anything? All right, Casey. Again, thanks. Um, it, it's always it's always nice to have somebody come on and, and rip Earl a new one. Um, and, and I and I, uh, I I can't wait for the runner season to start. And and like I said, we'll get out there to a match for sure. Maybe a couple. And um, guys, I just I have a great time doing this. I love doing it. We do it. For fun mainly, but uh, for those of you listening, um, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, uh, you know, click the little bell or subscribe and click the bell. I don't know what they say, but um, do that and then uh, leave some reviews, comments, questions, anything there. You guys know where to find us. And until next week, guys, someone see us. Your name is definitely Jeff. <laughs> <laughs>